0: Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin.
1: Hello, this is Janine Bolin. Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. And it's always fun for me when I get to have a guest on who I have met before the pandemic, and we were living life in a very, very different way than we are now. And today's guest is Cheryl Ilove. She's an author, speaker, physical therapist, martial artist, dancer, and former chronic pain patient. She published an award winning book and best selling book, by that matter Forever Fit and Flexible, Feeling Fabulous at 50 M Beyond. And she did that in 2016. However, she and I met in 2019 when we were at a book fair and we were side by side at that conference. And I can't tell you how much fun we had laughing and giggling and talking about being authors and talking to the people that were there for the book fair. But back to Cheryl, she has over 20 years of experience as a physical therapist and private practice. She has helped hundreds of clients recover from pain and physical injuries by integrating science as well as physical therapy using the art of movement. But the most compelling part of her story, at least to me, was that she brought had to bring it to her own journey of health, healing, and self-discovery after she was railroaded by a devastating injury and subsequent chronic pain syndrome when she was in her mid-30s. How many of us have had some sort of medical issue that just kind of blew our life away? That's what happened with Cheryl. She earned her master's degree in physical therapy with honors in 1996 and opened her own practice in 1999. Now, she is passionate about helping people move better, feel better, and look better, and really to empower them to understand their own bodies through movement and self-awareness. Now, she published her book so she could share her own message, but also the techniques and the tips that she has for a larger audience. She believes that everyone can be healthy, active, fit, and vibrant at every stage of life, no matter what the experts say. She loves busting the myths of aging. She loves stopping father time in his tracks, and she loves proving the naysayers wrong. Now, Cheryl's journey of lifelong learning, healing, took an unexpected turn when she began training in an ancient Chinese martial art called Nimpo Taijutsu, the art of the ninja at the tender age of, wait for it. 47. So just remember, guys, this is after she was diagnosed with this crazy chronic thing. And then she started taking martial arts a few years later. Martial arts were never on her radar, nor was it in her DNA. But fate would move on with her life. But instead, she fell in love with the art, the training, and especially she fell in love with the confidence and the empowerment that she gained through that training. So 10 years later, she received the honor of becoming her teacher's first female black belt. And in 20 years of teaching, he had never had a woman achieve such a high rank. So as a speaker, Cheryl energizes her audiences with engaging interactive speaking style. She shares her positive message of hope, healing, and personal empowerment with her audience and skillfully adapts each program to each specific audience. So Cheryl, it is such a joy to have you on the show today.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Janine. It's wonderful to be here. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, you know, it seems like literally a lifetime ago that you and I were standing side by side at that book fair way up in the mountains of Colorado, you and I, I don't know about you, but I had to drive for hours to get to that location And I remember how much fun I had just meeting all these authors from all over Colorado that we all did the same thing. It's in the middle of, I think it was December. And here we are trying to drive up and drive back down the mountain during clouds, uh, snowstorms. There were different snowstorms coming through the area, and we were dodging those. So, talk to us a little bit of what what have you been doing after 2020? What did you kind of have to do as an author and speaker? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but speaking kind of went down the tubes. You know, we all had to go digital, didn't we? certainly.
2: Yes, we did. And that was really challenging for me as a baby boomer. Technology is not my friend. Um, I had to be dragged into the world of technology, kicking and screaming and not in a good way. And even as uh, recently as about 10 years ago, the only thing I could do on a computer was to receive and send email. And I really wasn't even that good at that either. Um, So this has been like a huge shift for me. I, of course, have been learning a lot of technology with my own podcast and moving forward. But when when the pandemic hit, I mean, there I was, I was doing my podcast, but I was doing interviews in the girl cave in my own home. So I had to learn how to do zoom, learn how to go remote. And that was one of the biggest gifts I ever received because now I talk to people, not only all over the country, but in Canada, Australia, I've had a couple of guests from Germany. So that has really been a wonderful pivot for
1: me. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's one of the things as a business owner, we kind of have to work through. Uh, I don't know about you, but I knew the type of life I wanted as a business owner, and I was going, I didn't care who in Hades I had to talk to, but by God, I was going to live my life my way. And I know that was considered very revolutionary in 1996, like work from home. I thought only unemployed people did that, right? Remember, consultant used to be a bad word, right? You know, oh, that means you're unemployed, right? (laughs) I just was like, that was the word. But for you, it was something very different. I knew I had to live life a certain way. And I needed to work from home so that I could continue to homeschool my four children. And that's caused me to start this business that I've been been in for the last 30 years. But Mm -hmm. in your case, it was a medical condition. So I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit. And and also, you're a dancer. You know, you talk Mm -hmm. about I teach through movement. I do physical therapy. But technically, in your core, you're this very creative dancer. So it doesn't surprise me that you ended up in martial arts either. So kind of talk to us a little bit about how you kind of, through life experience, fell into where you are now. Oh boy, that's a really long
2: story. So let's just start with um, my chronic pain syndrome. So we'll start with that. So I was in my mid thirties and what started out as some discomfort and a little bit of tightness in my low back, quickly spiraled way out of control. In just a few months, I went from being a healthy, vibrant, active young woman to being a chronic pain patient. And it was absolutely devastating. At the time I was in medicine, I was a respiratory therapist. And so I did everything I was told to do. I went through the Western medicine model. So I went to all the doctors, the physical therapists, I took all the medications they prescribed. I did every single thing I was told, but instead of getting better, I was getting worse until I lived that life for two and a half years. I can't believe I did that now looking back, but for two and a half years, I lived that way. And like I said, I just kept getting worse and worse and worse until One of the doctors told me that I would never um, have the life I wanted before. I would never be able to even do my laundry and my grocery shopping all in the same day because the arthritis in my spine was so severe, I would end up being bedridden. And I mean, it, it kind of really didn't, I didn't process it at the time I looked at her. I was a little confused. And I said, you don't understand. I'm planning on going back to ballet class. And she laughed in my face. And she said, no, you don't understand. She says, you are a chronic pain patient. You will never have the life that you had before. You will never have the life that you thought you would. Forget about going to physical therapy school. Even if you could do the work with which you can't, you're too broken. You're just too darn old. And I was wow. 36.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Think about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, just to let you know, I have 50 year old friends who went back to medical school and I had one friend who was 62 that went to medical school and they said, but you're going to be so old when you get out. And the woman's response was, well, I'm going to be 70 anyway. You know, It was like, well, I'm still going to age. I'm just going to age my way. So it's just one of those things. I don't think people understand this is a paradigm and mindset that is still very active in our society, even with 2020. So anyway, so you had this amazing information handed to you as if it was law. And so tell us about your reaction to all that fun stuff.
2: (laughs) Well, at first, it really wasn't good. Um, I went home, I hit rock bottom. And it was like, wait a minute, I woke up a few days later, and I had this epiphany. It was like, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to accept this. You deserve more. And then I realized that my medical team, bless their hearts, they were doing everything that they knew. They weren't helping me get better. They were helping me stay where I was. So I, again, that epiphany, it says, this is on you and you have to figure it out for yourself which actually was frightening, but liberating at the same time. So I fired all of my medical team, much to their chagrin, because I needed them. They wanted to take care of me. And it was like, well, they weren't doing a very good job. It was time for me to start taking care of myself. So I stopped taking all the medications, stopped doing all the PT exercises and stretches that I was given because they weren't helping me. So why waste my time? I did add acupuncture. That was the only thing I added. And I taught myself how to move again. I went back to the very basics of how we learned to move when we were children, and how did we learn. We did self exploration we We played, we just explored our environment. so I would get down on the floor. I knew enough movement through dance and Pilates. I had done a lot of Pilates by that point in my life. So I dissected all the movement patterns and I broke them down into tiny little bits, and then I would do them and oh, that doesn 't feel good, that really hurts this feels better. So I just, it was a very long process of self-exploration, self-awareness, but it was pretty remarkable in about nine months time with the acupuncture too, which really was very helpful for my stress levels, which were like way off the charts. I got better. I was pain-free. And as soon as that happened at the same time, I was accepted into the um, master's program graduate school at CU for my physical therapy so I went through the PT training and something really interesting happened along the way when I graduated with my master's in PT just right before my 40th birthday the job market was really bad for PTs there were too many therapists not enough jobs the jobs that were available were really pretty awful and for two years I struggled in that environment until again I finally had another epiphany you know what, you can go out on your own. And that's when I opened up my own practice.
1: Isn't that wild? Because at the time, somebody as a physical therapist going out on their own, I mean, only doctors do that or only uh, PhDs, here you are, what hubris, right? Right. What hutzpah to sit there with a master's only and, and go it on your own. I, I don't, if I was in the medical community, my mom was a nurse and I worked as a unit clerk and in, in the ER and all that more in clerical kind of positions, but it always cracks me up that there is such a hierarchy that what Cheryl is talking about really is quite revolutionary. And I just wanted to share that with you because if you haven't worked in medicine, mm-hmm. you don't understand the, the hierarchy that is there mm-hmm. and the way it uh, The mindset is there. So for you to say, okay, well, skip this noise. I'm just going to go out on my own is like, whoa, you know, obviously you're such a little rebel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, thank you for saying that because I never even thought about it that way, even after all these years, because all I knew is that I was miserable. I was so unhappy. Um, I didn't feel like I was doing the work that I was meant to do and made to do. It just didn't resonate with me. And at that point, um, I had already taken two professional Pilates training programs, and it was like the mental head smacking moment. It was like, you know what, there is a need for people who had my skill level. To be able to work with people one-on-one, it was a non-traditional practice. I totally went out, you know, it was um, no insurance, it was cash only, and I specialized in Pilates-based rehabilitation and conditioning, later adding something called Feldenkrais, which is a highly sophisticated form of uh, neuromuscular reeducation, to my practice, and you know what? It worked. It was just great. Um, And a lot of my clients were people who had graduated from traditional PT outpatient and they weren't happy where they were. They wanted to take it a little bit further. So I was able to bridge that gap between when the insurance says you're done, you're fine. And they're like, no, I want more. I want to be at 100%. So I helped bridge that gap. And I also got a lot of clients who were just like me, hopeless cases, who were told, you will never be able to live without pain again.
1: Well, and I know. remember where you and I connected was when I was telling you about the time that I fell off a horse. I was 16 Mm. years of age and I was paralyzed from the waist down and I was told I would never walk again. So I remember I was like, well, if I never walk again, fine, not happening. You know, in my head, (laughs) I said that. I didn't say it out loud because everybody else was smarter than me and everybody else was in the medicine. Um, But the other thing was, I remember walking on my arms and my hands to the bathroom and making sure that because I don't want to lose my muscular control of what I still had control over. Well, after three days of me just absolutely not accepting the information that I was given for whatever happened, the inflammation went down enough uh, that I was able to start walking on canes. And like you said, it wasn't a fast process. These processes you and I are talking about where you dig deep. And you go, I refuse to accept this because something inside you says, this does not have to be you. So you may be wondering folks, why are we talking about all this when it comes to uh, the thriving solopreneur show? Because when you run a business, it's the exact same thing that we're talking about. You have to Dig deep, and you have to have a vision, a really strong vision for what you want to do. So, talk to us, Cheryl, because in uh, 2017, I think it was May, you uh, shut down your practice, and Mm -hmm. now you've totally changed what you do in the sense of how you present to your clients, but you're still in business. So, talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So, in May of 2017, I did close my practice and it was a tough decision because I'd been in practice, like I said, at that point, probably 20 years. Um, But it was funny because it was a confluence of events that had happened basically at the same time that was just making moving forward more and more difficult for me. Um, You know, my my lease was up or was going to be up in May and the rents were going up by over 20 percent. I had been in blessed to be sitting on a jury. I was actually a juror for a 3 week long trial in federal court. Oh my gosh, that just knocked me like, you know, for a loop. And at the same time all of this was happening, I developed a medical concern that needed some attention that could have been either no big deal or something very, very serious. And it was like all of this came together and finally I said, "You know what? I'm done." It's time for me to take care of myself. I had been taking care of people uh for 40 years at that point. And I had even taken care of both my my parents, my mom and dad had been ill at the same time. I had taken care of them, and it was like, it's time for me to just step back from what I'm doing, promote my book. I did a lot of speaking gigs. It was really a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so it was just time for a change, but. Even after I closed my office, there was part of me that really missed that aspect of teaching and connecting with people and being able to teach people how to move better, how to take care of themselves. Because with my practice, I never fixed people. And I told them that right up front, I will not fix you. I will teach you how to fix yourself. And that was a powerful message
1: for my clients. And I think it puts healing back where it belongs, which is on the on the individual you know western medicine i because my my father was in the military and I was raised in Japan for a large portion of my early childhood, mm-hmm. one of the things I found was that Western medicine and Eastern medicine really do coexist peacefully if you will just allow the patient to be able to be in charge of their own care and one of the things that you find with chronic conditions uh you know if I were rock climbing and I fall, I want a brazen surgeon there to help put me back together with my head cracks open. You know, Western medicine is good at what it does, which its whole focus is on acute trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Putting people back together when they've gotten themselves or are forced into situations that kind of bust them up. But Eastern medicine is very good at helping you stay in touch with yourself, which you found out through acupuncture. So one of the things, though, that I find so fascinating about you is the fact that you got into martial arts, which is, you know, and I understand some of the some of the training you went through, not all of it, of course, but some of it where it's all about staying in touch with your body and that whole movement, like knowing where the tips of your fingers are, knowing where you're. Uh, sword is, they have all these special names for the different swords. So I don't want to mess that up. But, you know, as you're moving, they have special names for the movements and all that. So between acupuncture and what you've done with martial arts, how has that helped you with your business? Oh, that is
2: the $10,000 question. I love that question. Um, Because nobody ever asks me that. And I finally did at one point, I said to my sensei, I said, you know, I was having difficulties, you know, with my practice, blah, blah, blah. And doubting myself, is this really what I want to do? And it was like, wait a minute, there's another one of those epiphanies, you know, just hit me in the middle of the night. You have the tools, you have the skills. Take the principles of what you learned in martial arts and apply that to your business, and it was amazing once I did that it was just like two weeks later boom everything was back on track again, so I use people will ask me Oh, have you ever had to use your martial arts and I know what they're thinking they're thinking did I ever have to take anybody down which that's a whole nother discussion, but it's like, well, yes, I use it every single day of my life because these are the principles that have really helped me stay on track. And even when COVID hit, and of course, you know, everything was shutting down. It was like, what am I going to do? And it was like, wait a minute, you've got the skills, you've got the tools, you know what
1: to do to keep yourself sane, healthy and on track.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And with uh, the martial arts I studied, which was the keynote, Mm-hmm. One of the things that I learned is it's always trying to move into that breathless state and use as little energy as possible because your attacker or somebody who's uh, out to do you harm, they're the one expending all the energy. You don't want to be the one doing that. Of course, it's the same, uh, similar with many of the other martial arts. So one of the things I find fascinating, though, as a business owner, is perseverance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who is a successful business owner? Anyone who can stay in business longer than seven years. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that seven-year itch or can you stay in business two years or three years? Everybody gets into business for different targets. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes they, they think that the only way that you can be a successful business owner is if you make millions of dollars. And that's not the case. Uh, as you and I were talking about, being a successful business owner is living the life you want and you're able to afford it because of what you do to make mm-hmm. the money. So talk to us a little bit about how you keep your center during these really crazy times. Cause like you, you know, I lost $28,000 in Q1 mm-hmm. in speaking engagements alone because we couldn't do them. Right. And so these event planners already had deposits down. They couldn't get their money back. And I said, I'll speak anyway for free. Let's keep the event going. We've got to give people hope. Right. So I and a whole bunch of other speakers were doing a lot of stuff for free in Q1 just because we were desperately trying to keep people in a good space. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you've got to pay the bills. So talk to us about how you do that today with your new model that you're rocking. Well, it was really tough, and I just bit the bullet
2: because... um... I know how to do that, too. And I know how to redirect. I mean, there's something, you know, that we say in my martial art, when you're being attacked or the attack is coming, you can evade, deflect and redirect. So those are three principles that I use a lot in my business. You know, evade. I couldn't evade COVID. I mean, I couldn't evade what was happening. So it was like, okay, I couldn't really deflect. The only thing I could do was to deflect how it impacted me and how it affected me, mentally and physically, and that was my biggest concern. Financially, it was like, okay, you know, since I had closed my business, You know, my income level had changed dramatically. So I was already used to having that flow, finding that, you know, where the money is coming from, where it's going to go to, how to prioritize. So I just really expanded on that and used that technique and focus of where am I really going to focus my energy, my time, my money to be able to stay afloat. And one of the things that I came up with, which just cracked me up as someone who is definitely a self-proclaimed technophobe and technomoron, which I guess I can't say that anymore, is I relaunched my practice online. And it was, it's just been awesome. I mean, I've, I've worked with people at first. I was like, you know, I have that mentality that I have to be touching people. I have to be in the same room. And it was one day that I was, Signing off from an online ballet class. I I now do basement ballet and I still do because it's convenient. And it was like, wait a minute. People are doing everything online. They're doing yoga, ballet. You know, I can teach people how to move and I can assess how they're moving, giving them corrections. I could do that online. So it was in May, just this past May. So there's something very you know, poetic about exactly four years later in May that I relaunched my practice in a completely different way.
1: And it's one of the things that uh, earlier generations, or I should say the generations that are following us won't understand the mindset shift that had to happen, but it's happening in every industry where it's like, what we took for granted of physically, like, you know, you remember when you used to have to go to the DMV? Now you can actually show up on a video screen as long as you flash your paperwork and everything and, <laughs> you know, and screen and screen share and all that kind of stuff. It's fascinating to me the things that we can now do. And I told the kids, I said, in a million years, I never would have thought that I could take a picture of my check and have it deposited. That is just out of my mind, like, oh, wow, we really have moved into this new era. So for all of you who are like, well, duh, this is just how you're going to have to do business now because of your youth, uh, I just wanted to let you know, please rock on and please have patience. Teach us teach those older uh, folks who've been in business 30 years how we can do it easier. You guys have apps that you're building today that are helping us so much. And a lot of us don't know how to use them effectively. And you're teaching us that. So thank you. In return, we'll teach you how to stay profitable. We'll teach you how to go mm-hmm. the long game. We'll teach you how to be able to stay in the game long enough so you get profitability and not to give up too soon on yourself because that's usually what happens with businesses. So Cheryl, is there anything else you care to share before we sign off here? Well, there's one other thing that I did do with all my free time
2: of not running around when, you know, we were staying home and that is to work on my next book. And it is getting very close to being published. I um, just talked to my editor, and we are in the final editing. It's going, the, the manuscript is going to the proof editor right now, and I'm starting to work on the cover design. So that's pretty darn exciting.
1: Is it, it can I say the title of it? Is that allowed? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's not allowed. And that's why I have to ask. Um, It's The Reluctant Ninja, How a Middle-Aged Princess Became a Warrior Queen. I love that title, (laughs) by the way. And I know some of you may be rolling your eyes, but one of the things that's interesting is people say, sweet old lady, like we get that sometimes. (laughs) oh, she's Mm -hmm. such a sweet old lady. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, sweet old lady, I'm a battle-tested warrior queen. I don't know who you think I am, right? Just because we've been through so much. However, I love how you talk about becoming a princess and then a warrior queen, because I understand that totally. Um, Also, you have uh, some free stuff that people have access to. Tell us a little bit about that before we go. Certainly.
2: If you go to my website, and sign up for my newsletter, you'll have access to three recorded meditation through movement lessons, audio only. So you have the freedom to be able to explore. You know, I guide you through the movements. It's not about how you do something. It has to look this way or it has to be this way. No, no, no. It's just about exploring your body, exploring movement, taking time for yourself and just through movement finding that magic where, and that's where it happens using the mind body connection.
1: And just so that, you know, is it uh, Cheryl? I love, is that the mm-hmm. website you're talking about? Cause you have multiple here. So just so you know how to spell it guys, it's C H E R Y L I L O V.com. So Cheryl, I love.com. And that's where you go to sign up for the newsletter. And then you'll be able to get that new book. Uh, because she only, you only send your newsletter out once a month. Isn't that right?
2: Just once a month. I don't want to bother people. I just keep it short and sweet. I give fit tips. I give safety tips. I do a Feminina pick of the month. Uh, so yeah, I keep it short, sweet to the point. I want to try to give my um, followers as much value and
1: uh, valuable information as I can. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate you sharing your time. Thank you, Janine. It has been an honor to be on your show. I really appreciate it. And this is Janine Bolin with the Thriving Solopreneur Show. And I just want to remind you, whether you contact Cheryl or somebody, make sure you stay physically fit as a business owner. It doesn't mean that you have to be running around tracks and it doesn't mean that you have to be exercising really hard with dumbbells or what have you. It just means movement. Okay. And if you need tips, Cheryl can help you because we get locked into a seated seated position when we spend so much time on Zoom. And so I just want to let you guys know, make sure you're staying in that movement cycle on contact Cheryl to see how she might be able to give you some quick tips and help you out. She is a wonderful resource for that. And also remember, as a business owner, keep your feet firmly planted on the ground and don't you ever give up on those dreams you see in the stars you keep reaching we'll chat again soon
0: thank you for listening to the thriving solopreneur show we hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting be sure to visit us at janineboland.com forward slash podcast where you'll find a library of videos books and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself we also ask that you visit our sponsor the eight gates.com for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.